has been getting sprayed uh, on the, by the orders of uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. And this is from Newstarget.com. It's from October the 25th, 2007. This is a, from a, a herbal, I think it's a herbal uh, outlet, a newspaper type thing. And the owner is Rami Nagel. It says here, News Target on September 9, 2007, several planes hired by the state of California Food and Agricultural Department flying at an altitude of approximately 500 feet sprayed the untested biochemical checkmate over 30,000 citizens in Monterey and other surrounding areas. And I'll be back with more of this after the following messages. crop 
vital. This area of spraying violates several state laws, blah, 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 blah. Now, then they go through all the different laws. But what's interesting in this particular spray is a, it's a type of pheromone that's attached to whatever they're spraying, they claim, that interferes with the sexual reproduction of these particular moths. And what's even more funny is that this magazine here, this newstarget.com, that sells herbal stuff, has an ad on its right-hand side for 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 the, the herbal variety of pheromones as well. And, and I always get a kick out of this, that whatever the regular uh, pharmaceutical agencies do and come up with, whatever they come up with in science, the herbal industries immediately got a counter for it as well. And, and they're both shouting that theirs is, is the better for you. And personally, I, I don't take any of them. Uh, you cannot, when it comes to your health and big business, the two things really, the two things are incompatible because everything ends up being business and the whole idea in business is to sell. And they certainly do sell all of the stuff uh, and both sides of the fence here with tremendous persuasion and money and ads. And you need a lot of faith in either to, to come through and be fit. But they always say that your faith has made you whole. Perhaps your faith in the products does more than the actual products themselves. So anyway, there's the people in California being sprayed. And what's even more interesting is there were a couple of towns in, in California where Blackwater, this new uh, private mercenary army, is to be based, and they put in a bid for this particular area around a town. And the town even though it was accepted by the leaders of the town, the rest of the public were not happy with it, and they were going to change it with the next election that comes up there shortly, I think November. And lo and behold, the town just got wiped out by that fire that started. What a coincidence. I'm really amazed, because that's exactly what's happening on. We're under warfare. This is what's happening. We're all under warfare. The public have had war declared on them a long time ago. And even before the Second World War, and at the United Nations, and at the League of Nations, the precursor of the UN, they discussed all these possibilities of what war was. And they, strangely enough, these psychopaths at the top, came to the conclusion that it wasn't their fault that there were wars. It was the people's need for basic material goods that had them fighting each other. And... And, and they said that one day they may have to declare war on the general public and train them scientifically into a new system. Well, that's what's been happening. If you look especially at the U.S., they've been more open about it because they've had ongoing wars since World War II. Even when we hear the terms war on drugs, wars on poverty, wars on... This comes from presidents. They mean what they say. They're, they're putting something into law. The, the big police armies that have been built up all across the Western world have been built up under the guise of fighting drugs primarily, which is the biggest joke of all, because the drug industry has been tied in forever with the secret services, and even prior to the, what we know as the secret services, the elite, the elite had their own in Britain, in fact, in the 1700s, 1800s, and when they flooded China with the opium and the opium wars, you found that even the agencies that worked for the diplomatic service for, for England were in charge of it and distribution of it. They haven't changed. They simply mutated into MI6. 
and special sections of MI6, the rest of them don't know, and the same in the CIA, and they flood the world with drugs. Marseille is where all heroin is processed, always has been processed, and if you look at all the riots they've had in France to do with immigration and all the rest of it, you'll never find that Marseille gets bothered, it's always nice and quiet there, both sides make sure that it's nice and quiet because the drugs must go through. They made movies years ago about that, and it was called The French Connection, and there was The French Connection 1 and 2. They went into that in pretty good detail. It's very hard to get the second one today. It seems to have disappeared from most of the shelves. But that's a fact. Everyone knows it in the drug trade that the big boys at the top are involved in the pushing of drugs. And when you go into the writings of Huxley and others, and even prior to him, you'll find that uh, Alistair Crowley, that was sent out from the regular Freemasonry to start up another branch to get the young ones and the teenagers, the, the, the rock industry into it, the music industry, the acting industry into uh, their own branch of Freemasonry. They also coupled it with drugs, and that was his job, was to try and encourage people to try altered states. They have never stopped that trick today. They're still pushing the same thing. Uh, alter states of consciousness because they decided that drugs would be one of the best ways to defeat the intelligence and the intellect of the general public and unfortunately the stuff that they've been pushing has worked on an awful lot during the hippie era of the 60s you'll find that most of the LSD that was first dumped in America and Canada and Britain and elsewhere was being thrown over university walls in garbage bags. There was garbage bags full of them from limousines, big limos. And these were made by the big drug industries to get the whole thing going. There's nothing better to, to do. When you, when you want to control people and do nefarious stuff to them, or take rights away, or change the society, or change the culture, you don't want them thinking too straight. You want them to be happy like children in a childish state. Uh, doing childish things. And that's exactly what they did. They were told to be happy, make peace, make love, not war, and just have a good old time to themselves. And we saw the effects of that through society. Now, Professor Carl Quigley said himself, the purpose of war primarily is to change society. Because all, all conflicting sides change, the societies change because government takes over so many roles. And that's what we've seen through all these wars, wars on poverty. Well, there's just as many poor, if not more, today. The UN claims there's more. And they say there's a growing gulf between the rich and the poor, and there has been for 25, 30 years. And it's getting bigger all the time. Let's go back to Freemasonry for a second here. You'll find that the Pope of Freemasonry, Mr. Pike, said himself, one of the tenets of their, their whole mission was to destroy private property and to, to destroy the, the, the family unit, as it was known. The Communist Manifesto took over from that and basically pushed on that too. And then we find out in recently declassified documents from MI6 and the CIA, they ran the culture industry in the Western world, including Britain and the U.S. as well. They ran the left-wing movements. They funded the artists the mainstream artists with their nihilistic paintings that drove a lot to suicide just looking at them. They were so awful. 
and uh, they ran the whole culture industry. They pushed the certain types of entertainment, and I've no doubt too, they also pushed the whole drug scene as well, because the culture that existed at that time, uh, prior to the Cold War, and the culture we have today, is our worlds apart. Not only worlds apart, we've ended up exactly where not only the Communist Manifesto wanted us to be, but where obviously those that funded the Communist side altogether, because communism did not come from Russia, it didn't come from Karl Marx, it originated in London, and it was pushed and funded by the big bankers. They're in cahoots with what's called the establishment. And the establishment happens to be the old aristocracy that have run Britain for a thousand years. Their cousins also run all the other countries of Europe and are still well in control. Now I think I think I hear the music coming up. I'll be back after the following messages. Mathematician. 
He thought that through mathematics they could literally rule the mind. It's interesting, we've gone all the way to the brain chip, which works on the binary code, and you think this is all just coincidence. Well, Russell didn't dream it up himself. He worked for the Tavistock Institute, amongst other big institutions uh, that had lots of data on, the, on humanity. We're the most studied species on the whole planet. And they knew they could pull this off step by step because our lives really are fairly short. And through foundations and institutions which can last for hundreds of years and have their own mandates, they could be new, they could simply carry it on intergenerationally. And the public who lived in between would never suspect they'd live and, and die, never knowing that their whole lives and the major events in them were actually planned that way. We take everything for granted. We think a fashion industry just spontaneously comes out with the latest gear and we wear it and somehow it's ours. In fact, it's promoted that way. Back in the 60s, suddenly the blue jeans all became popular, pushed again because all the rock stars wore them. And it's, it's quite amazing how we emulate what we're given. We, we become what we're given, in fact. They say that, that perception becomes reality, and the advertising industry has taken over our reality for us. We're taught that you buy things because it's all to do with the material world. You buy things and they just make you happy. You have instant orgasms when you brush your teeth with this particular toothpaste or this brush. And, of course, it's all lies. Whatever problems we have can only be dealt with inside our own minds, not with what we get from outside. But the advertising industry is there to completely alter your perceptions and give you... Uh, placebos, basically, very expensive placebos, too. Russell said they'd have to take the advertising industry on board in this, this, this quest to dominate the minds of the public. And sure enough, they, they combined forces back in the 1940s and 50s. And here we are today. Most folk can't tell fact from fiction. And how they do it is they aim the next part of the culture at kindergarten, you take children that have been inducted this year and they will give them certain little ideas. It's called predictive programming. Again, little stories they give them. And based with emotion, uh, what would you think of a person who did this? Would you like them, despise you? Then they make you feel really bad and guilty. And then when that person grows up in 40 years' time, they'll change certain laws and rules and the people will adapt to them very quickly. There will be no prejudice or whatever because they've been brainwashed since birth. And that's how simply it, it works. You have to get the speeches of Beria, who worked for the secret police of the NKVD back in the 1930s. And he gave speeches to the Comintern International Communists Committees, open speeches that are published. And he talked in 1933, I think it was, about the ability at that time to upgrade the culture every seven years through scientific indoctrination. In other words, put into the youngsters major possibilities of particular changes so that when they came along in their lifetime, they would think it was all natural. Now, I think there may be music coming along. I can hardly hear. And I'll be back after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. And people just say to me, oh, you're being paranoid. And um, 
And then yeah, it was, it's all coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. They, they live in coincidence theories. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to mention that the fire is, is a full-on disaster area. I mean, um, there were thousands of people, upper-class people, being evacuated, and uh, many people came to bring food and, and uh, clothes to the stadium. It was just like New Orleans. Yeah. And the National Guard was here, and FEMA was here, and George Bush came, and Chertoff, Homeland Security, came to my city. And... Um, so, and I, I find it also kind of funny that it happened right right the next week after um, this top off drill in Portland. Yes, and and, another coincidence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, in a court of law, uh, this is what's interesting. Taking it for granted that the guilty never admit they're guilty, yeah. you come to conclusions in a court of law by the preponderance of evidence, and mm. everything stacks up every time against the authorities. And yet we still go around chewing the grass and not looking up. It's quite amazing how we've been trained not to use our own reasoning anymore. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, and, it, and certainly if these coincidences always fall in favor of what they want, well, you know darn well they're doing it. Yeah, I also want to mention that, of course, you know, that the news that came out, they, 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 they were looking through things to blame. and. All of them are, are lower class. Um, oh, it could be the migrant workers burning fires. It could be a smoker throwing his cigarettes. And, and, and the first thing I thought was, oh, gee, I wonder what laws are going to come up with as a result of this fire. You yeah. Know? Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting that it was a Dr. Day years ago came out after being at top meetings, and he said that the agenda was to eventually get everyone out of the coastal areas, especially. They don't want people living around coastal areas in this new world order. And they said they would use or rural areas, and they would use fires, and they'd burn them out. And that was back in the 1960s, I think it was. Why, why coastal areas? I, I never heard that before. It's interesting. Yeah. No, why, why coastal areas? Uh, well, I think part of it is that coastal areas, people can jump in little boats and get away or do what they want or smuggle or, or, or survive, basically. Oh. And, uh, and I think that's part of it. They want everyone, and I've no doubt, too, the elite eventually one day with a much reduced population want the worker bees all inside where they have the coast to themselves to go sunbathing and playing themselves. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much, Alan. Okay. I just wanted to share that with you. Have a Thanks nice day. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, that's true enough. The people, the residents there had petitions up, and they hoped uh, they were actually raising up this, this new uh, petition for the election that's coming in November. That I guess it's a local election to get them out and reverse this decision and bang the Within a week and a half, they're, they're, they're burned out their homes just like that, and black water gets its way. And what gets me is, I mean, black water is going to be a new private army. Eventually, it'll, it'll blossom and be a world army. And they used to call the black water the underground stream and the occult and masonry, and Rosicrucians called it that too. Water underground would appear black, you see. So they called it black water, and it's the underground stream. And here they are using the very terms and all the rest of it. And the people, again, just go on chewing the cud. And in accepting this, a mercenary army is going to be based in California. These guys are, are killers for hire. Killers for hire. That's their, that's their profession is killing. Not, not handing out bread or pretending they're from the UN, and it's a lot of pretense there too, but... Uh, actually killing for hire, and they have only one master, and that's their paymaster. And they're not responsible to any Geneva Convention or anyone else or any international laws because they're private. They're privately owned. And that should, that should get us all terrified that this is happening. 
and, and days of old, they had the Praetorian Guard for, for, to go around Caesar to make sure that was his, with their own henchmen, that was his private army, that would stand by him through thick and thin. And yet here we have the same thing happening here. It's going to blossom onto a world scale, and we're all going to be booted around by private armies, just like the, these creeps in Star Wars, the faceless ones that you saw, the, 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 the numerous numbers of them. They were, they were just bodies for hire. That's what's coming here. And I always find it interesting in the U.S. that was the first country that was openly Freemasonic from its very beginning. You might say from its foundation. And all of its insignia and emblems and so on, and a lot of the speeches of the founding fathers. And they said that they'd modeled it after ancient Rome, looked around at all the, the systems that pre-existed theirs, and they, they came up with Rome. Well, who on earth would want to emulate Rome that was an empire? And Rome lived off of the banks of every country that it conquered. That's what it did. It was really a, a, a fascist-type state. And yet here they are with a private army. And, and so should we really be surprised? What is surprising, as always, to those that think, is, is, is that most folk don't think at all. They're not even concerned about it. Uh, I don't think much would concern most people, to be honest with you, anymore, except everything that comes along. And, uh, and there's a lot more worse to come. There's no doubt about it. The whole agenda for Agenda 21, the United Nations Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century, is all coming down. And if you look into even the map there, they have for Agenda 21 and all the areas that will be rewilded and, and all the rest of it. Lo and behold, right where that fire was, there's Blackwater's military base right there on their map. Have a wee look into that. And that was done a long time ago. So nothing happens by chance, nothing happens spontaneously. Everything that happens is planned that way in a major scale. And that's how you keep control of the world. That's how you guide the direction of the world. And here we are. We're living, we're going right through it. We find that the 100 years ago they wanted a vastly reduced population. How do you get it? Well, Russell and others talked about the problem of helping the people by inoculations and killing off diseases and at the same time raising the population, it was, it was counterproductive. And so Russell himself said the best thing they could hope for was another black plague, a black death. And Malthus said that long before him. Uh, I'm sure these characters were all related, no doubt, or interbred uh, down through the ages. And they all had the same agenda. Well, look at the death rate today. It's skyrocketing. Everyone's coming down with cancers. The industry's gone from the shores of most of Europe. And, and there's less smoke. They're not burning coal fires like they used to. And yet lung cancer is going through the roof, even though about 80% less people smoke or have ever smoked than before. Start thinking we're being killed off gradually, and that's the best way to do it. By the least point of view, it doesn't cause panic with the people. And even young doctors now are coming on on the news and they've been taught that it's quite natural that one out of every two will get cancer or even a few cancers and, and die off with it. They're taught that's normal, where the doctors of 30, 40 years ago were taught about all the different kinds of cancers and how rare certain ones were, one in 10,000, 20 or 100,000. Now they're told the opposite. They're told pretty well one out of two is going to come down with cancer. And that's, the, that's what you always do. You must brainwash those who are going to work on the people. You know, they get the most indoctrination. 
That's why they're called doctors, indoctrination. And they've been doing it. That's the bad news. They have been bringing us all down. There's hardly a person today who has a complete immune system left. I'm sure that the inoculations they gave us when we were young, that was part of the agenda, was to help destroy the immune system so that eventually something simple is released that we should be immune to uh, or would have resistance to could probably kill us off quite easily. I can remember when the first so-called bubble boy came out, the first boy with a complete allergy syndrome back in the 60s, and that was a novelty then. And they showed it on television, BBC, and so on. He did live in this huge bubble complex with uh, filtered air and all the rest of it because he was immune. He, had a, he was allergic to everything. That had never happened before. Now, what, what had changed over the years, well, the inoculations had been stepped up and the polio vaccine came out. And I'm positive the polio vaccine was the worst one that was ever given because it's admitted to now there was over 100 monkey or simian viruses, they call them simians, that's why you have the Simpsons, the closest thing to it. And you have simian viruses, live simian viruses in every shot. And the, the simian uh, 40 virus had one purpose. That's what scientists came up with that later looked at it. The one purpose that simian 40 virus had was to cause cancer. And who gave us, who gave us this particular uh, inoculation? The great Dr. Sock. What was the history of the great Dr. Sock? Dr. Sock was a top eugenicist in the eugenicist society for many, many years who wrote about the necessity of culling off the population. So the wolf changed his clothing and became a hero, and he's still applauded today. We should start thinking for ourselves, and for those at least who still have the capacity and ability to do it, because we're being taken down pretty fast. And uh, it's shocking to see how many injections and inoculations now babies are given. They're hitting them before their immune systems are even working. And that's why they end up not working so well after all. That's the bad news. And how easy it is to do it when you've trained the public. Once again, like Jax LL said, all entertainment is propaganda. Because along with the story, you're being propagandized. That's why most entertainment on television or the movies is to do with detectives, the law, uh, uh, um, I wouldn't call them service, but the, the legal system, and also medicine. They elevated doctors up to the superhuman ranks of gods, and they're the new experts that run our lives. And people within one or two generations now believe everything they're told by doctors, as indeed the doctors do themselves, since they've had more indoctrination. But the facts stand out for themselves as well. And when something happens in life, since nothing evolves, I've never seen anything evolving in my life, since nothing happens by itself, then when something changes drastically within the human body, where it's the falling sperm count down 75% of what it was an average Western male to the 1950s male, it doesn't happen by itself. And they discussed all these, they published their findings at the beginning of the 1900s, in the middle of the 1900s, and even today they published their, their, their little documents on reducing the population and what they'd have to do to do it. And lo and behold, if you start thinking about it, you realize that they actually have been doing it. I can remember when the political leader for the Quebec Party in Canada 
came down with the flesh-eating disease some years ago. A little quip in the Toronto Sun just happened to mention, and he lost a leg, I think, from it, to Bouchard. Uh, the Toronto Sun had a little appendage onto the story, and it said that his Bouchard's wife and daughter both had uh, minor flesh-eating disease symptoms on their upper arms. And I thought, well, where are the inoculation sites, upper arms on the thigh or the buttocks? Where did Bouchard get it in his leg? Which tells you that the upper politicians you see are always given injections for up-and-coming diseases long before the public hear of them. And certainly, even when they have antidotes, etc., the public will never, ever hear of them. That's why they changed the laws in the Western world when Mr. Manning was in, in Canada. And they gave all politicians and their families coverage, complete coverage, under military hospitals in times of crisis. That would be excluded from uh, the public. They wouldn't get in at all. And it all makes sense. Now, in every batch of inoculations, you always get one that's more virile than others, and someone will come down with the actual disease itself. And I think that's what happened to Mr. Bouchard. I'm pretty certain his family also had the injections, and that's why his wife and daughter both had symptoms of it in their upper arms. Again, simple detective work. That's how you work on things. You use your reasoning. Something that's in short supply today. So, yeah, I don't give you the good news, and I don't flog any antidotes to it either. I just tell you that the bad news as it, as it is, and at least some of you who have children can perhaps make a decision as to whether to go ahead and have more and more injections. Never mind just the mercury. You have no idea what those injections really are. We're back after the following messages. Books written all along those periods and boasting how they would take over 
and be the masters over the masters of the world through the takeover of money and power. But what they didn't mention at the time was they would use this term democracy, something they made for themselves, knowing that through time, step by step, like the old song goes, time is well on my side, intergenerationally, they would become the only ones with voices, voices loud enough to be heard by the governments, and they made sure of that because many, most of the people in government have been the CEOs of the same corporations and now lobby them. We're run by the big fascist elite. And it's interesting, as I said last week, or at least earlier this week, it's interesting that in a congressional hall where presidents make their speeches, you'll see the two fasci, one on either side of the, the stage, the wall, is on the wall, the bundle of rods covering the axe, an ancient symbol, uh, the Romans adopted it, in fact, came from the Etruscans. And if you try to get a bundle of twigs together and break them over your knee, it's very difficult, but take them one at a time and they break. So the whole idea was that they'd all stand together, they'd be terribly cohesive, they'd always stand up for each other. The British used to call it closing ranks. When one of their members was discovered playing with little boys or something, they'd close their ranks and keep quiet and all stand up for each other. Well, the fasci is a symbol in the U.S., and that's what we're under today. Fascism is alive and well and never died. It was never conquered. It's always run the system. And it also has learned a lot from its counterpart that it created and funded from the beginning, called communism, the big laboratory, where they both worked together collecting data and making high-tech equipment that eventually would run all our lives via satellites and so on. That's where the technology for the chips all came from. The Cold War, you can, they rush ahead and it goes centuries ahead in a matter of 40, 50 years in technology because they have unlimited financing and personnel. Well, from Hamish and myself, from up here in Ontario, Canada on a rainy night, it's good night to me, your God, all your gods go with you. <laughs>